I'm Arie Schwartz, along with Eli Horowitz, and welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover different topics important to the W. Using X's and O's, along with key stats, we bring honest and critical analysis. Everybody, put down whatever you're doing, take a seat, listen up. This episode, we got an exciting topic. It's our 2018 season preview, and equally exciting, or more exciting, is our guest, and hopefully after this show, she'll be coming on a lot more, so we won't even call her a guest. Rachel Galligan, one of our newest members on the Insider staff. Want to say hi to the people. Hi, everybody. Thank you for being here. I'm excited to be here with these guys. Let's talk about some stuff. Let's do it. Let's do it. Eli, do you want to break down how we're going to be going through the teams? Because we could spend like 24 hours going into this. So how are we going to, how are we going to break it off? Let's move to the West. And man, the West is going to be... A barn burner. I a mean, bloodbath. <laughs> there are five teams here. I mean, I, 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 is that the wrong? I, there are five teams in the West that some people have said could win the whole thing. You know, and maybe maybe win the whole thing. I, I'm being a little hyperbolic, but there are five teams here that I think are they're ready. They're at least ready to win now. They're trying to win now. You know, obviously Vegas is in a rebuild, um, though they do have quite a bit of talent. Um, so, I mean, this conference is going to be really difficult. Um, somebody's going to miss the playoffs from this conference. So let's, let's jump in and start with Minnesota. Uh, they finished 27 and seven last year, obviously won the WNBA finals in five games over the Sparks, uh, to give them four championships, um, to name and, um, you know, again, th- this team, as they are every year since they've had Cheryl Reeve and this nucleus of talent, are, you know, one of the favorites, if not the favorite. Um, you know, as long as they have Maya Moore and Sylvia Fowles and, and Cheryl Reeve, not, not to mention Waylon and Augustus and Brunson, I mean, this team could very well, you know, hoist another trophy. Um, but I think the big storyline with this team is their bench is looking completely different. You know, they lost Renee Montgomery, who is their essentially a sixth starter for them. Somebody who started when Lindsey Whalen got hurt in the regular season last year. And they replaced her in Danielle Robinson, who, you know, we've kind of, I think we've talked a lot about this, just is not a shooter. She's never made a three in her career, and that's just a fact. Um, she obviously does bring some other elements defensively, and she can get to the rim and draw the de- defense and kick. Um, but they also bring in Tanisha Wright, who didn't play last year. Again, another player who can defend, um, but hasn't played in a year. And so I'm going to kick it. I'll start with you, Arya. And um, is the bench, is this revamp bench, and we'll, let's add Lynetta Kaiser, who was also kind of hurt last year in Connecticut, is this bench good enough for them to win their fifth championship? To me, it comes down to two players on the bench and, and well, yeah, all right, three players on the bench. And it's not going to be the players that a lot of people are talking about. All right. I'm talking about Zandalassini. All right. And I'm talking about Alexis Jones. To me, right off the bat, those two are going to be the big ones. And then Temi. All right. It, for the links to move forward, and this is not a knock to the vets that the links have on the bench, but the vets that they have are not scoring monsters they're they're not players who you know how many times last season did we see the Lynx constantly just go in this like scoring drought 
and then Renee Montgomery come in and really bring them out. Now, some of the things that – and I've been watching a lot of tape on Robinson, all right? And something that I've been under about, and I have to give her credit, is pickup speed. And I know a lot of people talk about it, but that aspect can be point scoring too. Now, originally, I was kind of against that because she doesn't have the three. But if you add in Alexis Jones, and she was looking good the other night in, in, in their early uh, preseason game. For me, if Alexis Jones can start bringing in the points and Zandalasini kind of carries on what we've seen her do overseas and her growth of her game, then yes. If not then I don't think the bench is good enough to let them win a championship. But I will say again, you might see Cheryl start going with a different style of lineup where it's less dependent on the bench like they have in the past. I, I think your assessment is spot on. Um, my biggest worry is the bench. I, I, you know, I'm concerned about you know, the veteran players and the, the minutes played and kind of how, how do you um, kind of sift through that and who's going to step up. Someone is going to have to step up off the bench. They're going to have to have somebody who has a breakout year. In my opinion, I think Alexis Jones is probably the one uh, most poised for that. Xander Lassini is, is an incredible player. I don't even think you know, half the people out there listening quite understand what she's capable of doing. We just haven't, we haven't had a chance to see it. So between those two, I think you're spot on with that. If, if one or both can step up and, and, and add some more minutes and, and create more offensively for this team, sure, they can be a contender and they certainly can do it with the players that they've got. <laughs> I mean, no one, no one in their right mind is going to argue that. I, I could definitely see them returning. I could see them repeating. Um, but I do, I, I worry about the bench. I worry about you know, the veteran status of it and, and kind of the, the age range we're talking about here. Um, we can't do this forever with this exact group. So we're going to have to start bringing in, you know, some, some, some new talent here that's being able to step up and contribute. Yeah. One thing I'll say is, I mean, and I'm, and I'm someone who's argued the sparks of the favorite, but to come to the defense of the links. I think last year Maya Moore did not have her best season, and and again, yes. and that and 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 saying that still means she was like a top five player in the league last year. So what I I think Maya Moore could still get that much better, and that just shows how crazy good she is. I think she still has a leap she can take, and she's already arguably the best player in the league, and I think she can get even better. Yeah. So. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm arguing on behalf of the Lynx, I would say, yeah, maybe their bench isn't quite as good as last year, but I think Moore and Fowles could still be even better. And if those two kind of say, hey, we are the future of this organization, you know, obviously Brunson, Augustus, and Whalen, um, their retirements are looming, but I think Maya Moore and Sylvia Fowles could say, hey, this is our team now, and we're going to be even better than we have been in the past. And if when those two are rolling. Um, even LA, as talented as they are, that really don't have you know solid answers for talents like that. So, I, you know, I expect them to be you know. And by the way, at the end of the pod, we're gonna not to put pressure, but in case both you guys want to start thinking, I am gonna ask you which four teams miss the playoffs and who's your two teams that you think will make the championship. Um, so, um, we'll come. We we don't have to say that now, um, but. I think we're all in agreement they could win it all this year again. Let's move on. Let's go kind of to the opposite end, a team that's rebuilding. The the Vegas Aces, newly minted team uh, with Bill Lambeer at the helm as both coach and GM. They were 8-26 and 26 last year. 
um, as the San Antonio Stars. Um, they were they were they were eighth in um, defensive rating, so they were they were you know the bottom bottom, and offensively, um, this team was dead last last year. So their defense actually showed some potential. Um, offense was at the bottom, but they obviously bring in the first pick in Asia Wilson, who I think she's the type of player who, as a rookie, can put up points right away. So their offense should get better. McBride is obviously offensively a stud, and um, I expect Kelsey Plum to be a lot better in year two. I think she was very unfairly criticized, and I'm and I'm of, of all people, I'm one who does is not afraid to criticize players. But I think she got a very unfair criticism last year. And I think people need to slow their horses a little bit on Kelsey Plum. The very talented scorer. I don't, you know, they obviously change coaches. So I don't think they necessarily had the right coach to necessarily develop that talent. Um, look, something just wasn't right last year as an organization. I'm not in the locker room. I w- I'm not a reporter for that team. So I'm not going to pretend to have answers. But I think Kelsey Plum still can be a very good player if not an all-star in this league. So between McBride, Plum, and Wilson, I think this team will be better at scoring. So let me kick this um, to you guys. We'll start with Rachel. Um, obviously this team is rebuilding with a new coach and, and a very new roster, but compared to like Chicago and Indiana, do you think this team actually of, you know, of the rebuilding teams could make the playoffs this year and like maybe has a bit of a higher ceiling than, uh, Chicago and Indiana? I do. I do. And I do. <laughs> I know that's, that's, wow, that's it. okay. it's just a gut feeling. I'm going with it. And here's why I, I do. I, I agree with your assessment of Plum. I don't think she has been able to show us what she can do in the league yet so far. You know, there's been some injuries. There's been some things that have gone on. Um, she's, she's got a chance here to, to have a, a really a breakout year with a fresh start. I think it's exactly what, you know, not just her, but a lot, a lot of, um, you know, players on this team probably needed. And I think anytime you've got Asia Wilson, I mean, she is that good. She is that good. And, and we're seeing clips and things that she's doing in some of these uh, you know, preseason games. And it's like, Oh my God, you know, she, she's not a rookie out there, even though she is, but she's not. And, and, and they've made it very clear that she's going to be the focal point of their offense. And I think they've got some key pieces there that um, really help um, a veteran in um, Tamara Young. She is, you know, a veteran in the league that, that, that she, she's played well. I think the change for her, she, she spent some time in Chicago where she, you know, she can put up points. She can defend. I think that was a big pickup for them. But between Kelsey Plum, Young, Wilson, I think those three um, is a nice core. And I think they bring a little bit more poise uh, right now at this point, um, especially as a veteran coach in Lambeer. Um, so I do. That's why I feel like they've got a chance to make the playoffs. I see them you know, kind of being in that middle of the pack, second tier of the teams in the league right now. Wow. So, I mean, that's a pretty positive outlook. Wow. I don't think it's a hot well, no, I, I, I'll say this. I, I don't – if I – at the end of the show, you'll probably hear me put them in a team I expect to miss the playoffs. But I don't think it's a hot take because, like you said, they have someone in Wilson – like I think Chicago and Indiana's rookies, it's going to take a little bit more time. I think Wilson right away is going to be a force in the league. And they already have somebody in McBride who's a proven scorer. So I think – if Wilson and Plum play as projected, I mean, let's take a step back. Those are the top two picks of the last two years. They have two top two picks. So if they play as advertised, exactly. added with McBride, 
Um, they're gonna. That's the thing. I think Lambeer has proven he can coach defense and rebounding. I think the question with this team is offense. They were last in the league last year in offensive rating. So I don't think you're making a hot take because if they need to improve an offense, they have the players now to do so. My question, I'll kick this one to Arya, though, is Bill Lambeer has been very clear that Wilson, he believes Asia Wilson is a four, not a five. And let's face it, the Liberty struggled in offense under Lambeer. So from a, do you think they have the right coach to get the offense they need um, to make the playoffs? This year, yes. So, I mean, as, as hard as I've been on this team and, and some of, of Bill's coaching, I will say this. He will get this team much better because of the things that you guys are talking about. But... And they're going to they're gonna kind of make a bigger leap this year than they would say if they had a different coach. Now, that's not to say that long-term it's the best move for them. What I will say is underrated, I'm going to butcher the name, so I'm just going to say Park, uh, coming from Korea, is, is, is somebody who can really step in and, and really do something. And possibly, if they're going to be putting Asia at the four, put Park at the five. And I, I know it's kind of a, a long shot. Oh, I've got to cut myself off. But I know she's kind of a long shot uh, for the roster, some are saying. Everyone, other people are like, oh, she's super devoted, whatnot. All you guys are hitting it on the head with, with you know, Plum, Jefferson, and, 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 and all the other players that this team has, Asia Wilson, Tamara Young. But my question is, is kind of what Eli was getting to, is the four and five are the possessions that are really a question mark for me. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I might be looking at All it from right, a negative All right, moving on to the Phoenix Mercury. They were 18 and 16 last year, um, but they dealt with a lot of injuries. And once they got to the playoffs, they knocked off um, multiple teams. They knocked off the Storm. Then they knocked off Connecticut. And then they got swept by the um, by the Sparks. But they were definitely – I was there at all three games, and it, it wasn't a blowout. They definitely were competitive in the sweep. Um now they bring back Bonner, they add January, they sign Sancho Little. So they're coming off making the semifinals and they're adding th- they're really adding three starters essentially um, to what they have with Tarazi and Griner, obviously Camille Little and Leilani Mitchell um, off the bench last season, their offensive rating um, where is it here? They were seventh in offense and six in defense. But again, my thing with this team, I feel like, and I actually mentioned this to Rachel earlier, I don't put so much stock in the fact that they were seventh and sixth in the regular season in offense and defense. I feel like this is a team that waits till the playoffs. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just think they're self-aware. They understand where Diana Tarazi is in her career. They understand, you know, Bonner, January. These are veteran players that they want to be healthy for the playoffs. They can't afford to expend all their energy in the regular season and then lay an egg or be injured for the playoffs. So let's um, let's start right away. I mean, look, only one team can win the title, but Rachel, is this a team that's in that second tier for you or are they in that top tier that you'd include in your short list of title contenders? They're in that top tier of teams I would put as title contenders. I, I, I really think they're going to be better than what they were last year. I think they've got some key pieces back in Bonner. Uh, that's a huge gift for them. 
you know, and, and she just came off and, and I think she was played maybe in her first preseason game just the other night. Um, you know, you're, you're automatically bringing in, you know, 13, 14 points right there just in her presence alone. Um, I really, I'm, I'm a big fan in the moves that were made. Um, no one's really talked about Marie Gulich. Um, I know she probably won't get a ton of time, but I, I definitely think she's a player that can come in and give you a few minutes a game and she's finesse and she's got a really high ceiling in terms of what she can do. Um, but I mean, you hit the nail on the head when it comes to Phoenix. I mean, they, they've got the talent. You've got Brittany Griner. You've got Diana. You got Diana. Diana. Diana Tarazi. Gosh, you've got Brianne January. I think January is a really nice um, addition to the table here too. Um, so, in my opinion, I think they're better. Um, I think we'll kind of see them, you know, kind of float, you know, back and forth early in the season, kind of like the Cavs do. <laughs> I think is what you mentioned the other day. But uh, they're definitely a contender. There's no doubt. In my yeah, mind. I feel like this is a team that could finish in like seventh place, but still like make the semifinals or finals. You know, like I don't think they'll be as concerned with their seating. So. What, like I put them third in my power rankings, but I don't think they'll finish third in record, if that makes sense. Now, one thing is what plagued them ultimately against the Sparks was that they really didn't have an answer for the NECA Candace double team. You know, the Sparks double team grinder on almost every catch, and Camille Little was very tentative to take those shots. So what I want to say is, is, you know, they bring in Sancho Little, a part of me feels like it'll be the same problem. On the other hand, as you mentioned, January is an excellent shooter. And Mitchell's an excellent shooter, Leilani Mitchell. So um, have they done enough this offseason, and either of you jump in, have they done enough this offseason to kind of address that issue, that when Griner gets doubled, they kind of had a bit of a liability at the four position? To me, to me, they're a really interesting team. I'm not as sold on them as you guys are. I agree with you. Um, I break it down to in the in the regular season, they're not a contender, but in the playoffs, they are. Uh, kind of basically what you were saying. I don't. Uh, to me, they need a big scorer, and I don't know who they have. It. I mean, they have players who sometimes have proven it, but I, I don't feel confident in saying yes. Or what do you think, Rachel? Like, especially from your coaching perspective, I mean, do they have enough to address the Griner double team? Um, you know, because like I said, I think that did hurt them a little bit in the against the Sparks. I do, and I think that's been something that's been talked about. I think that's been something that they've worked on with a few different, few, you know, different key pieces. Whether it's little, uh, whether it's you know some of the new additions in January and Gulich, Gulich. Um, I, I just think that that's not necessarily something, and maybe it is. Maybe doing a few different things with Griner, but we all know how. Griner likes to play. You, you throw the ball into her. She actually handles it pretty well. When she when, once she gets that thing out of there, it, it's got to be a knockdown sh- knockdown shot. Um, and you need someone who's comfortable doing that. And I think that was addressed. And, and there's been a ton of time to work on that. And there's been some key pieces brought to the table. Um, so I think the shooting has gotten better. And I think those who are maybe a little bit timid to take that shot before, that's been addressed all, all year. And they've been working on it. And they'll be prepared for that. Fair enough. And uh, I'll end by saying... I think with Bonner, they can actually play her at the four and have like, you know, four shooters around Griner. So um, that's going to be, a, that's going to be, a, they're going to be a fascinating team this season, but we got to move on. We have three teams left. Um, let's move to the Seattle Storm. Um, this is a team that squeaked into the playoffs. 
they fired Jenny Busek halfway through the season. Gary Kloppenberg took over. They had a three-game win streak, but then they kind of reverted back to some, you know, bad habits. But they they did make the playoffs. But let's be let's be real for a second. They were fifteen and nineteen, so I think we need to put that in context. Um, defensively, they were ninth last year, and offensively, they were fourth. So they you know they have a very potent offense. I think we all know that. I mean, Brianna Stewart, Jewel Lloyd is arguably the best isolation scorer. You know, or I, I won't say that with Maya Moore. Let me take that back. But she she is one of the true ISO scorers in the league. We know what Stewart can do. Langhorn is very efficient. And obviously Sue Bird. So, you know, th- this team is, again, really fascinating to me. Because on one hand, it's very easy to list. I think this is one of those teams where it's very easy to list their players and think, oh, they're a contender. They're so talented. But at the same time, they were 15 and 19. And not, you know, some teams do miss the playoffs. There, there's going to be a good team that finishes ninth place, you know. So wh- is this team – I'll put it – let's start, just start it kind of generally, um, Rachel. Is this team for real? Um, you know, they were 15 and 19. Can they really take that next step under Dan Hughes? And, you know, also I'll mention bringing Jordan Canada into the fold. There's no question they can, and I think they will. I think the change in, uh, you know, as, as bringing Dan Hughes in was pivotal. I think Jordan Canada. I'm I'm very high on Jordan Jordan Canada, probably higher than <laughs> you guys certainly are. I know I know everyone's on the Canada hype train, but I am extra on the hype train. I just think Canada brings a certain um, X factor, competitiveness, edge, ice in her veins type of thing that maybe maybe this team needs. And I know kind of the big argument is, well, you know, who, who do you have inside in, term, in terms of size and certain matchups? I think bringing in Courtney Paris was a really a, a smart move. At least now you've got some size down there and a veteran who, who can pull down some rebounds and kind of be that kind of rim protector that maybe they've lacked. But I there's no doubt Seattle is one of the most talented teams. I'll, I'll stop short of saying, oh, man, it's an all-star roster because um, I know in previous conversations that we've had, well, they're all <laughs> – this is a loaded year for the league in terms of talent, but Seattle certainly is. And I, and I really do believe that with Jordan Canada and the lineup they've got with, you know, Sue Bird, Brianna Stewart, you know, and the certain pieces that they add, I think they will take that next step – I don't think they're in title contention yet by any stretch, but they will take that next step. So I want to hop in here. Something that I noticed interesting uh, with with their last two preseason games, and obviously we can only read so much into this, but they came in with a different lineup. Um, personally, I'm not that high on Paris. Um, I'm not going to knock your opinion or anything. I'm much bigger on Howard. All right. I think she could really be an element for this team to have a little bit of a quicker, a, a, like a young lineup that's quick, that has some length to them, that can score from different angles. She's a very flexible player that a lot of people don't understand how flexible she is. And Eli's talked about this a lot. Stewie can ball out. And Stewie can ball out at many different positions, which kind of makes their roster a very fun roster, kind of like what we were saying with, with some other teams about deciding, okay, this game, these people yeah, are starting, I, this I game, these Yeah, I think Stewart's someone who's actually given Brittany Griner fits one-on-one. Um, you know, this team's tough for me. I, I think they're, 
like for me, they're right on that border with New York. Like when I look at the teams, I think like, okay, Chicago, Indiana, and Vegas are kind of rebuilding. And I feel like them and New York are kind of right on the border. Um, one thing is, you know, Dan Hughes, like you said, that that's going to be big. It's kind of like what style does he bring? We know this team can score. So how does he fix the offense? Do they go with a more aggressive approach? I think if that's the case, you know, Courtney Paris at times can be a liability, but, but Howard can step up. If they go to a more traditional dropback scheme, you know, especially against pick and rolls, then Paris can be a little bit more successful, as Rachel mentioned, kind of just staying by the rim. So there's a lot of options. I think one weakness here is their depth um, at the guard slots. Um, and I don't know. I mean, you know, I think that might hurt them as, as far as who, what is their backup guards? Yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, we talked about this. Uh, it, as much as I, I, I'm not against Canada. I think Canada has some amazing skill. I just worry about her size and her ability to defend. Rachel, how do you think? You know, from your perspective, from what you've seen, how do you think that she she can handle that? And and then we'll move on to the next. I don't know if you're going to like my answer because I. <laughs> this kind of my my, my division no, one coach it. mentality, which we all know does, probably does not translate well over to the WNBA. I'm I'm not necessarily afraid of size, especially when it comes to players like Jewel Lloyd and Jordan Canada and the things that they bring to the table. I feel like their upsides are are going to be that much more positive than in terms of you know being a liability. They bring so much more to the table in terms of what they can do offensively and even defensively. I mean, how quick they can be and, and, and you know, anticipating passing lanes and you know Canada's ability to to, to steal the ball and, and play in the open floor. I mean, I think it's their positives. I mean, are are so much more dominant than their negatives in that standpoint. Yeah, and and let me just clear the record because I think I've been taking some heat on Twitter. I'm a big fan of Canada. I actually, I think she's the fourth best prospect in this draft. So I think for Seattle to get her at five was value. Um, I, I actually have her as my highest ranked point guard in this draft uh, ahead of Mitchell and Lexi Brown. I'm a huge fan. For me, I think I've just been very adamant that Stevens should have been the second or third pick. So I think my criticism was Seattle at five had a chance to take Stevens, but I think Canada will be the best point guard out of this class. So I just want to clear my, clear my name on that one. Um, but we got two left. Um, let's go to the Dallas Wings. Fascinating team. Um, they finished 16 and 18 last year. Again, made the playoffs, but did have a losing record. Uh, their offensive rating last season was sixth and their defensive rating was 11th. So, um, you know, offensively, this was a team that just attacked, attacked, attacked. Transition, they led the league in pace. They led the league in free throw attempts. Um, that's how they got their offense. They led the league in offensive rebounds. So even though they didn't shoot the ball that efficiently, they got second opportunities, got to the line. But their defense was 11th. I mean, I'll just be honest. This is a team I watched a lot, and I feel confident saying their defense was a hot mess at times. Um you know, they would have Courtney Paris trying to hedge pick and rolls, and I don't think she has the quickness to play that kind of coverage scheme. The basket would just be left open, or 
Harris would hedge out, Glory Johnson would have to help and bump the roller, leaving a shooter wide open for a three. I think this is a team that should be a dominant defensive team. You have Glory Johnson, Cambage, Stevens, uh, Diggin Smith, Gray. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, Christmas Kelly. I mean, this team is so long and athletic. I feel if they just switched everything and had Cambage stay by the rim, there's no need to hedge out. This team could really take strides and be a team that makes it to the semifinals. At the same time, this is a, a team that needs to show they have the right schemes for their personnel. Sorry, that was kind of long-winded. For some reason, this is a team that just really gets me passionate. I don't know why. Um, Rachel, what's your take on this team? And, um, you know, they were 16 and 18. So what do you kind of project and what do you what are you looking what, – what's a big storyline for you, I guess, this season? I'm going to be honest. Dallas is a team that I have not necessarily followed as closely in years past and, and really trying to understand what's gone on, what's transpired as I've kind of dove into this. It, it's very interesting to me. And in, in looking at the certain pieces they have in place, I, I'm confused <laughs> as to why um, maybe they struggled at times. Um, I, I think they are the most l- – l- one of the most loaded rosters in terms of a depth standpoint out there. You've got some, you know, Skylar Diggins is, is really, you know, she's playing at a high level right now. And I really, absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I think she'll probably repeat, if not have a bigger year Davis dynamic player. She's extremely athletic, you know, from, from a defensive standpoint with those two Cambage is I'm fascinated with, I'm completely fascinated with her, how they're going to play her, um, what that's going to look like and just the impact that makes, you know, you, you bring in six, eight as a rim protector and the things she, she can do. I mean, I just think it's, it's a little bit of an unknown, but that's just an incredible um, move that they made. So I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit, I guess, uneducated in certain points when it comes to Dallas, but I'm looking at this team and I, I'm looking and I'm doing the kind of research, looking at the stats and, and I am, I'm fascinated by it. And same thing, you know, Glory Johnson. I mean, she, I, I'm, I'm really anticipating her having another great year as well. So this is a team, I mean, they've got all the pieces. There is no, there, I mean, in my opinion, they've got everything they need to take this thing to another level, especially defensively. There's no reason they're below 500, in my opinion. I, I just think that's unacceptable. For sure. So I'm curious, you know, we had we had a fan reach out and a fan ask us what we think the key to Dallas being a contender for a championship is. Eli, is it as simple as 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 Cambage staying down low and using and letting the other mean, players fly again, a little bit more free? I'm just I I, I know people don't like the NBA comparisons, but this team just really reminds me of the Milwaukee Bucks this year that they're the longest team in the WNBA lengthwise. Um, they have a six foot six Stevens, Glory Johnson, her mobility at the four. So again, I feel this is a team that should that could just switch everything one to four and just create night, nightmares for teams. You know, Connecticut, LA, Minnesota, all these teams that run these very smart sets and are well coached, if you just switch everything, you're going to blow up a lot of those actions. Cam Beige, I think, is the one exception. You probably don't want her switching. She can just hang out by the rim. 
I think last year they tried, you know, sometimes teams that are long and athletic, they want to be really aggressive. But if the bigs can't be aggressive, it blows up. Um, so I don't know. That was kind of, I'll boil it down this way. This team needs to t- change the schemes they used last year. Happy to go in more in depth on that, you know, maybe in an article or another format. But uh, I think, you know, at the end of the day, Fred Williams is the X factor for this team because, as Rachel said, the talent's there, the length is there. He's got to take it home. Exactly. Yeah, no question there. So I, I, I assume we're moving on to the last team that most fans of the W have not heard of, the Los Angeles Sparks. Um, yeah, so they finished 16-8 last yeah. year, ended on a seven-game win streak in the regular season. We're up two games to one in the finals with a chance to win back-to-back titles um, on their home court at Staples Center. And we're not able to close it out and lost in Minnesota in game five. Uh, Let's look at their metrics. They were second in defense last year and second in offense. So Minnesota and them were one and two in both offense and defense. Minnesota, very, and it's, we're talking like one point here that separated the two clubs last season um major offseason moves they bring in um cappy pondexter and what was kind of a surprise move there were some cap situations I'll, I'll leave it at there that um allowed that to happen and um i've reported on that you can find that in my writing and i think that's the big one they also did get maria vadiva um, with the 11th pick in the draft, and I think that was a bit surprised. I mean, this was a player that was number two on some mock drafts. Um, you know, and, and again, those were early mock drafts. But still, to get a player who has the ceiling of a top, you know, half, let's say she has a lottery pick type of ceiling, and they got her at 11. So, I mean, this is a team 1 through 12 that right there with Dallas or Connecticut or teams we've said are the deepest. This team might be the deepest, right? I mean, they're probably 11th and 12th players are Sidney Weiss, who's an, a knockdown shooter, and Vadiva. And um, they really have no holes. Um, but at the end of the day, this they, they have only won one ring. They're not quite at that Lynx level historically. Um Start with you, um, Arya. I mean, what I mean does this? What does this team need to do to win the title? Is it simply a matter of make more shots, and they just got unlucky against a really great team, Minnesota? Or do you see that there's really something specific they need to address going into this year? I'm going to get a lot of crap for this. I'll be straight up. Um, for me, and I know this is an unpopular belief, looking at their roster, it's coaching style. And when I say that, I don't mean it in like the overbearing knock that it sounds. What I mean is Brian Agler has proven time and time again, and, and I, I feel like I'm always talking about this when I talk Sparks, they don't go deep in their roster. And there's many reasons behind it. And obviously he's a well-accomplished coach, only coach to win two rings with two different teams. But for me, it's more so the usage of these players and and using how amazingly deep this roster is. If they can use that a little bit more and give a little bit more rest to the starting five and, or the starting six, those players that are typically used, you know, obviously you don't start six players. But if you can do that, I think this team, uh, I mean, look, 
I, I still think Lynx defending champions, Lynx, you know, they, they've won how many in the past seven years. But to me, the Sparks are, are, are the, the favorite if, uh, if the coaching uh, Rachel, style I changes where they use the bench the a little more. Um, one thing I saw in the finals was that as great as NECA and Candice are, the re- I mean, let's just be real. They, you know, Fowles and Brunson just dominated on the boards. I mean, it really was the story of the season, of the series. And I think ultimately that's why the Lynx won the title. So let me ask you this, especially with Lavender still overseas. I mean, do they have uh, – is there front court depth? Obviously, Neck and Candace are great, but do they have quite enough depth there to beat Minnesota this time around? You cut out when you were talking. What was your question? Oh, sorry. I'll ask it again. Uh, Rachel, let me, let me ask you this. Um, as great as Candace Parker and NECA are, they, you know, Fowles and Brunson really kind of owned the boards to some extent in the finals last year. Um, does this team have enough depth in the front court to this year win the title? You're right, and I think that's a great question. You've got Lavender. Uh, she'll be back, you know, hopefully within the next week and a half as they're finishing. Actually, no, she does. She gets back. Um, Cause she, you know, it'll probably be about a week and a right, half. Right, because she still has enough. Uh, but but okay. honestly, yeah, they just made it to the finals. And so uh, game one of, you know, the championships in Turkey, that starts tomorrow. So we're looking at least a week before she gets back. So, I mean, a lot falls on her plate. Um, I think that's a really valid question, a question I don't know that I have the answer to because I think that the, I don't know that the moves were made to really address that. I think Vadiva is an interesting player and one that we haven't spent a ton of time talking about. I've heard the comment before from from someone close to within the Sparks. She, she's got the potential to be, to be the greatest, one of the best players in the world. Um, so that's an interesting move that they got. And it's kind of under the radar and people don't really know how to take that move and don't they don't know much about her but she could definitely be a certain x factor now she's only six four but but you know maybe that is the presence that kind of changes things from that standpoint i know la was certainly uh that war room was going nuts when they made that pick but that's a good point i don't know because right now you're looking at the roster and and who inside is going to kind of battle uh that and, and kind of help take care of the rebounding situation I don't know. Yeah, for sure. And I'll end by saying, I think to beat Minnesota, this team needs to get more in transition. LA in transition is unstoppable. You talk about Chelsea Gray and Odyssey Sims going going downhill with Parker and NECA running lanes and finishing. Um, I think if they can make it a transition series, and we're jumping way ahead, but I'll end by that. But before we go, first of all, great stuff, guys. This is the first time the three of us have done a pod. So... Um, I think it was awesome Um, and you can look forward to more pods all season at WNBA Insider and we'll be bringing on all our beat reporters so you'll get some fresh voices I know you guys are probably our fans are sick of hearing um, the same two people over and over but before we go um, first um, we'll plug a couple things at Insider this week we're going to have preseason power rankings from our editorial staff and we're going to have preseason predictions all of our beat reporters are going to put in their predictions for things like MVP, Rookie of the Year, and things of that nature. So we're not going to do ours now because you'll see that on the website. But I do, before I let you two go, I want you to give me this. And I know 
look, you don't have to stick to your opinions. You have four days to change them before the season. But give the fans for now which four teams miss the playoffs and who wins the title over who. And I'll go first in case you guys are still kind of, you know, thinking on this. Um, For me, I think Indiana and Chicago are just too much in the rebuild and miss the playoffs. I think Vegas will make significant strides and threaten, but I still think they're rebuilding. So I think those three teams miss the playoffs. And then I think it's just so hard after that. And um, I think you, as far as who misses it after that, you know, you could make a case Atlanta misses it. You can make a case Seattle, New York, Dallas. Um, you could also make a case all those teams could, you know, go deep in the playoffs. But I think for me, ultimately, I picked the Liberty as my fourth team to miss it. So I have the Fever, Sky, Aces, and Liberty missing the playoffs. And I have whoever gets the one seed, I believe, will win the finals. I think in such short series, to have that game five in the finals at home, I think makes a huge difference. I'm going to go ahead and say I think the Sparks win over the Lynx in a kind of finals trilogy. But I know it's a cop-out, but I really think whoever gets that one seed having that fifth game at home is the difference. But I'll go ahead and – if you had to pick today, I'd pick the Sparks. Um, Is anyone – who wants to go first with theirs? Uh, I think, you know, Rachel being the the honored guest, she goes last, save the best for last. So – I'll go, and I kind of hate you, Eli, because you. I was hoping you'd do a couple other teams. I'm, I'm same with you. I think it's Sky, uh, Fever, Aces, and Liberty. And, you know, in that last spot, that Liberty spot, and even, you know, in, in our conversations today, you guys have kind of won me over on the Aces, maybe also making the playoffs. Uh, the Storm could kind of be on that bubble. But then, like you guys were saying, you know, Atlanta, that's a tough team to decide. Uh, going into the playoffs, I'm going to put a wrench into this. I'm saying there will not be uh, a, a three-peat of the Sparks' links. Um, I think Connecticut Sun make that leap this year and make it to the finals. Um, but against who? I'm going to have to go uh, with links. Oh, no, no, I'm going Sparks, Connecticut, wow. and Connecticut wins. Wow. In four. I, I got four days, so it's it's going to be flu. Okay, fair enough. That's your pick. All right, Rachel, you're up. Indiana, Chicago are out. It does. It gets very. It's, it gets tough after that. I, I'm going to go ahead and say the Dream are not going to make it. Um, I think there'll be flashes of of what they're capable of doing, but I just going with my gut here. <laughs> Let's toss a coin. And I think Vegas. I think both of those teams. It, it, it gets really tough um, when you get to those kind of that middle of the pack, but I, I just don't I just don't think they will have enough when it's all said and done. And then when it comes to the finals, I'm predicting a Sparks and Lynx rematch. Ultimately Sparks win it at all. That's what I like to hear. Team LA. <laughs> well everybody you'll you'll be able to see our whole staff predictions coming this week. So make sure and uh and, and let us know who you support and who you think is an idiot. Uh, but obviously <laughs> respectfully. This is Ben the WNBA Insider Show. I'm Arya Schwartz, along with Eli Horowitz and our best guest, Rachel. Each week we cover different topics important to the W using X's and O's along with key stats to bring honest and critical analysis. 